Ramble. If I offered you two different pairs of jeans and I told you that you can only wear one of them, you could probably decide in two seconds. But what if I offered you a thousand pairs of jeans and they're all slightly different and I said you can only wear one of these for the next 12 months straight. This will be your go-to pant of choice. What are you going to do? How do you even start to choose? That's exactly what I felt like when I was combing through thousands of listings whenever we were moving to a new apartment. I would spend hours a day stressing about, is this apartment in a good neighborhood? Is it going to accommodate my dogs? Does it fit my budget? I didn't know any of these. And the worst part is most of the listings didn't even tick all of my boxes. That is why Apartments.com is your best place to look for your new home. Apartments.com lets you filter your search based on whether you have pets, if you want a balcony, built-in AC, whatever it is that you're looking for. The website remembers your search so that you don't have to keep filtering every time you come back. And Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else, meaning no matter how specific your needs are, they got you. And your instant alerts mean that you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. So if you're looking for a new place to call home, head over to apartments.com apartments.com the place to find a place i am so freaking excited for this week's podcast and i feel like it makes me sound like a serial killer for saying that because all we do on here is talk about some rotten bitches like today today it gets extra rotten we're talking about rotten dance moms rotten cheerleaders rotten evil countesses blood countesses because listen i have been sitting on this research for like months now i have just been obsessed with this case i will research it in my free time and then i realized wait a minute nobody wants to hear about this nobody likes cases is like this this isn't really like true crime niche i guess and then i saw a tiktok a tiktok of a woman who's sitting down now she's got all these like servant girls who are brushing her hair right and then all of a sudden one of the servant girls brushes her hair a little bit too tight she slaps her across the face blood squirts everywhere onto this lady's face and she looks into the mirror and wipes it off yeah from a really it was a crazy slap it was like a backhanded back and forth like how you would slap a pasta to do like something like that okay i mean i've never slapped someone like that <laughs> and so then blood just splurts all over this woman's face and she wipes it off in the mirror and realizes it makes her look younger and everyone in the comments of that tiktok was like oh my god like what movie is this from like wait what show is this and i was like bits this is from real life and i'm gonna tell you about it but first i'm gonna tell you about something else because i'm really excited about this dance bombs case we've got two cases today and it's got to do with two female killers because female killers are fascinating i find them to be so strange i find them to be so just just um <laughs> just really weird <laughs> okay illegal <laughs> just illegal so we're starting with cheerleading this takes place in texas this is probably one of the craziest like dance moms cheerleader mom stories that i have ever heard and the fact the fact that it doesn't still get pressed to this day blows my mind because of just how batshit crazy this entire thing is so this takes place in channel view texas which is a suburb outside of houston texas now at the time that this takes place it was kind of like a suburban rural mixture um feels more like a suburbs now i think but it was mainly working class community it was a very religious area mainly a lot of baptists lived there and they were preaching against you know the 
normal things. Aspiring to be wealthy is a sin. They were preaching against sex. And then eventually they started preaching heavily against cheerleading in Channel View, Texas, amongst the Baptist community. Now, maybe not for the reasons that you would assume, right? So we're going to get started with a woman by the name of Wanda Holloway. Oh, yeah, Wanda. Wanda be really weird, okay? So she's from Channel View, and she absolutely hated it. Like, she just wanted to escape from the minute that she was born into the town of Channel View. She was like, fuck this town. So she always felt like people wanted you to be incredibly modest, but also have modest dreams. Like, it's the type of town where you say, I'm going to move to New York City and pursue modeling. They'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, we'll see you in two weeks when you come crying back to us. A city like that is not for a small town girl like you. Like, that's exactly what they would say. It was to the point where if little girls, like I would say high school girls, they had Liz Claiborne purses which is like a What's brand of purse. Oh. It's like a fashion designer, but their purses are like $50. I know this because I had a couple Liz Claiborne purses. You get them at TJ Maxx. Sometimes you can get them for like $35.99 on sale. Yeah, I really liked their purses at this point in time, okay? okay. And okay. people would think that that's too flashy. Like people would look at your kid who has a $35 purse in high school and be like, wow, what are their parents teaching them Just at home? Just spoiled brats. Just fucking spoiled. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's going to be asking for a matching wallet. Jesus, Lord, have mercy. God, Mm. have mercy on that little girl's soul because she's going to grow up thinking that the world, just money grows on trees. Like it it was a town like that. And so parents would even question their kids because like I said, it's a suburb outside of Houston, Texas. So of course, all these high school kids are like, oh, mom, can I go to Houston, Texas? Like, can I go into the city to go to the shopping mall? And they'd be like, what's wrong with the malls that we have? Like they just kind of had like a thing against (laughs) even Houston, Texas, you know, Uh. even the major city right next to them. They were like, oh, no, what do they have that we don't have? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with the... um... (laughs) When mom says we have food at home. (laughs) What's wrong with the... the shopping mall we have at home <laughs> yes or like the really mean ones are like when mom says we have ariana grande at home yes. and they put pictures of like ariana grande lookalikes and i'm just like this is like borderline bullying. bullying and so all these kids especially wanda absolutely hated it now how do people remember wanda holloway growing up they said that she always dressed nicely or she was always beautifully dressed impeccably dressed you might say but like that sounds like a compliment nobody said it as a compliment they all said in a way that was just really freaking petty honestly i don't know what to say they would always say things like you know she always dresses like she's not from here she always dresses like she's too good for our small town like Mm. she always dresses up like what is she dressing up for who is she dressing up that's kind of like reminds me how i grew up you know in school because they want you to dress uniform if you want to wear some like cute clothes and then you know your parents or school is going to tell you like why you trying to dress up yeah i think it's you know? nice to put some context that you grew up in china <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 just a little bit of yeah. context so i relate i get so, it yeah yeah okay. like why do you want to be different <laughs> so you think why can't you be like the other kids <laughs> so wanda's childhood you know she lived on the rougher part of channel view and her dad was a tester at a concrete plant and her mom was a high school cafeteria worker so this doesn't really align with what wanda saw for her life she always felt like people looked down on her and she was the really like the epitome of having a on your shoulder she just didn't like the feeling of being from this small town and even in this small town she felt like she was looked down upon by other residents so she also had a brother he was pretty ordinary 
Yeah, that's all I could find out about him. He was just an ordinary dude. Now, Wanda, on the other hand, she was never an ordinary bitch. Like, she was always seen as the overachiever of the family. Like, she wanted to do it all. So her family, even though they had no money, they shelled it out so that she could, you know, take piano lessons. She could take business courses in high school. And she excelled in that. Like, she she could have started an LLC yeah, she could have totally done that after high school. She was full of energy. She was really into like networking and wanting people to like her. But she always wanted more. And the one thing that she wanted was to join the cheerleading squad. In high school? Yeah. She was like, give me a G. Give me a U. Give me an N. What does that spell? Babe. Cool. <laughs> a gun. Uh. A gun. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it take so long? Because a goon. <laughs> a goon. But she was never allowed to join the cheerleading squad because her dad was like, you know, we don't like the outfits there. It's very whorish. It's horrendous outfits. Why are you trying to wear stuff like that? It's against our religion. I don't ever allow you to join the cheerleading squad. So at this point, let me give you the lowdown on Texas cheerleading because what I could find on the internet is that cheerleading is insane in the United States, but it's extremely insane in places like Texas. Cheer is everything. Now, I don't know if you guys have watched Netflix's popular like docuseries that came out, which is called Cheer. It's about a college in Texas and they are like going to the national cheerleading championships that are in Daytona, Daytona, Florida. Like every single year they're trying to get that championship name and it's intense. Listen, any sport that has cheerleaders, I just want to make it loud and clear. Cheerleaders are carrying the sport. Okay, I don't know. I have never I have never seen a sport that is so underappreciated, but with so much health risk with so much injuries with so much working hours like it feels like people look at cheerleading like it's like this like cute little pom-pom hee hee ha ha team power right Mm -hmm. but it's insane like they have excruciating pain people risk breaking bones because they don't want to let their coach or their team members down or even themselves down you have to be like a certain body type a body shape you have to like endure sexual harassment body shaming and you always just feel like oh you're just like opening for the real sport so so is there like a career path for cheerleading? Do you go into... I think um, to like cheerleading squads for major teams. Like the Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys are yeah. like the most infamous cheerleading squad, I think. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know necessarily if it's even a lucrative career. I, I, yeah, I can't tell because um, this Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, they were taught... Okay, well, in terms of the lucrative part, I think it was the Raiders... I don't know. There was a cheerleading squad who sued the team, the athletics team. I think it was a football team because the cheerleaders were only getting paid like $5 an hour for like a major team. <laughs> and they only dance for five minutes. Yeah. So they're like, so, so you're getting paid like no dollars. <laughs> but I mean, obviously they get paid for like their practices. Maybe I don't even know, actually. <laughs> How does that but make yeah, sense? but they like settled this massive like million dollar lawsuit because they really were only getting paid like something close to like five dollars an hour. It was absolutely insane for all of the work that they had to do. But uh-huh. that's not even the shitty part. It's like, OK, fine. Chase your passion. It doesn't have to be lucrative. But here's what's crazy. So a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader came out and said that if someone gets handsy with you, because I feel like there's such a lack of respect for cheerleaders in just the sports arena and the sports field and the industry they teach you how to navigate it like any good job you know what team is this the dallas cowboys one of the biggest cheer squads like this is probably the top tier like holy shit if you're a cowboys cheerleader you've like freaking made it okay Mm -hmm. and they said that you're told to be very nice when you are dealing with sexual harassment from fans you have to sit this full-grown adult down as if they're a toddler and say things like 
that's not very nice when they just groped your ass while you're on the <laughs> clock. That's not very nice, Chad, is it now? very nice, Chad. Go Cowboys! Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, is this today? Yes! Wow. And so it's like literally the these industries behind these sports, like they would rather you be nice so that they don't lose one shitty fan mm. than like care about the sexual harassment that cheerleaders face. They're yeah. like, oh no, Chad is more important to us. Sorry. What? What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So they're told to be sweet. Don't be rude. Now, another former NFL cheerleader, her name is Angelina, and she's from Houston, Texas. And she say, she said that the body shaming in cheerleading is absolutely insane. It's like one of those things that as we evolve as people, we evolve to be better and we're like more woke and like it's 2021. Come on, get it together. But apparently not in cheerleading. So she was literally duct taped into her uniform. Like they put her uniform on her and then duct taped her in into it in hopes that it would um, make her realize that she's skinny fat. That's what they called her, quote unquote, skinny fat. Her whole coach, her team, they all called her skinny fat. What's like skinny she looks skinny, but she's fat. Like, what? What? So they would literally belittle her. They would body shame her in hopes that she would lose weight. Is that not insane? Yeah, damn. Yeah, so cheerleading is like a crazy thing. They are so underrated. I think it's insane. Like if you just watch one YouTube video of people doing cheerleading, I'm like, how are you flipping around like that? Like, how is this not like an Olympic sport? How is this not a safety hazard? <laughs> like, I don't. How is this not illegal? Like, it looks crazy. Um, <laughs> and so obviously, Wanda wanted to join that industry. Like, she really wanted to be a part of all of that. Now in Texas, it's a little bit different because they said, especially back in the day, for women to become cheerleaders for girls to become cheerleaders in high school it paves the way like it's one of those things like if you don't come from money but you become a cheerleader in high school maybe you become a cheerleader in college you meet a nice boy who comes from money you get married because back in the day that was like everything guys were just like you're a cheerleader oh my god let me put a ring on it like how flexible are you you know, so she was, <laughs> so she was just like, this is not even just about cheerleading. This is about my future. Okay. And so she was just like, please, dad, please. And he was like, no. So slowly her dreams start fading away. Now she ends up graduating high school and getting married immediately at 18 years old to a guy by the name of Tony. Now. Tony Harper, he is not from a wealthy family, but it, I mean, he was from a wealthier family than her own. So mm -hmm. his family owned a couple of gas stations. Um, his mom owned like a mom and pop lingerie store. And Tony himself, he worked like a modest job at a railroad warehouse. Now, immediately after their marriage, she just kind of loses herself to the marriage. Like she stopped learning about business. Tony didn't really want her to work. So she stopped mm -hmm. working. She didn't really have plans. She just like was like, OK, like, let me start having kids now. And so so she gave birth to their son, Shane. Now, four years later, she gave birth to another baby by the name of Shauna, which, by the way, this life path is perfectly fine. But um, there are, there's like a reason that it's kind of not fine is because it seems like maybe Wanda wasn't all in about it. You know, it seems mm -hmm. like maybe Wanda did want to work, but Tony was kind of like, maybe you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the problems start. And so obviously after they get married, they have these kids, then their finances start going up because Tony's like, oh my God, I got to provide for these children. So I need to quit my railroad job and I'm going to start my own insurance company and I'm going to call it Harper's Insurance. And every insurance company has got a mother freaking slogan. So his slogan was insurance with a personal touch, which is just like insurance with a personal touch. Yeah. I know. It's weird. 
I mean, like, I'm just thinking ahead. Like, I'm just thinking ahead. Like, let's say you expand the company. You've got a bajillion employees. One of them is undergoing, like, a sexual harassment lawsuit. Like, this slogan is <laughs> just going to be, like, a freaking meme, dude. Like, you're just memeing yourself for the future. I just, I mean, it's just such a weird, I don't know. This slogan doesn't make me be like, oh, yeah, let me go get insured with a personal touch. Like, this slogan makes me be like, oh, I don't really like to, like, touch people. I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. Are you in good hands? That's kind of cool. Nah, that's kind of sexual too. So they start spending that money that they got. They start buying some water skis. They got a pickup truck. And they were doing really well financially. But their marriage, their marriage, their love was falling apart. They just weren't getting along. So they decided to divorce. Now Wanda got the house. She got most of the furnishings. And Tony like took his water skis and his pickup truck. And they just separated ways. Wanda also did get custody of both of the kids. But it seemed like Tony was still part of their lives. It didn't seem like Tony completely checked out and was like, bye now. Mm -hmm. And so after that, Wanda has two more marriages now all of them were two older wealthier men she got a type okay like she definitely has the type and that's totally fine so her third marriage was with a man by the name of C.D. Holloway now he was probably the wealthiest out of all of the three husbands that she has had and he had his own field service like an oil field service company I don't even know what that means I just know like oil is like money that's what I heard okay like oil money is a different type of money and so he was making a lot of money he was 20 years older than her he even bought her her dream car like she had been talking to everyone about how she wanted a Lincoln Town car more than anything and he bought her that he was like here's the car bits and she was like oh my god now this is when all of the gossip surrounding Wanda Holloway really started amping up because Wanda she became a little bit different you know Wanda from the block was no longer Wanda from the block like Wanda would not come up and just talk about channel view anymore suddenly she would show up to brunch and be talking about the diamonds she'd be talking about jewelry she'd be talking about bracelets She'd be talking about how she wants to move to River Oaks soon. Now, if you guys don't know, River Oaks is one of the best suburbs in Houston, Texas. Like, it's like a really nice pocket of Houston, Texas. Think Beverly Hills, what it is to Los Angeles. Like, a really expensive pocket in Los Angeles. They never ended up getting their lucky break because I think what the situation was that was that C.D. Holloway was looking for, like, to hit oil to like hit strike you know Mm. strike oil like something massive was gonna happen it didn't necessarily happen they never moved out of river oaks they just stayed in channel view texas which like nothing's wrong with that but people were really upset because it's like hey we're all in channel view you're acting like we're all beneath you because you oh you're gonna move to river oaks you know Mm. and so people just didn't really like wanda after that now there was another woman in in channel view that was very popular her name was verna heath now she was very similar to wanda like so similar so they were both incredibly ambitious they were really into um cheerleading they wanted their daughters to be cheerleaders they wanted to be dance moms they wanted to be stage moms they just had a lot of plans for their kids and verna's daughter is named amber and she's in the same exact grade as shauna which is wanda's daughter And that's how they met. So both of the moms sent their daughters to something called Alpha Gymnastics Studio, which is um, Pasadena in Pasadena, Texas, which is right next to Channel View. And they had it was expensive, but they had teachers that were certified by National Cheerleading Association that taught there. So these are like the best of the best teachers that you could get in the area. And they said that when you go to this gymnastics studio, the one thing that you will see is that parental sacrifice is 100 percent there. It is completely evident. It is a matter of fact, like you just see at the minute that you walk in and it just means that a lot of the kids are better dressed than the parents there is more tension in the viewing area than 
actually on the floor with all of the girls doing these cheerleading stunts. Like the moms are all sitting around like watching their kids. It's been said that there will be sons in the corner, which is like such a such a plot twist from Asian culture. But there will be like sons in the corner that's like, mom, I don't know my math homework. And the mom would be like, Shh, can't you see your sister's doing a fucking somersault? And we'll just like hush That's their little so son up. That's so interesting. I know, right? What a turntable. What a turntable. <laughs> so why is that? Like, <laughs> it's just, is it because just the culture there, they just emphasize um, yeah. cheerleading so much more? Yeah, like I've never watched um, like a full episode of like Dance Moms, which is like oh, is pageant the same girls. Thing? But like pageant girls and their moms are like obsessed with them, right? Mm. And But I have seen snippets where they also have sons and they just like don't give a shit. Mm, I see. <laughs> just like your sister is talking, <laughs> which is so strange because, you know, in Korean and Chinese culture, it's usually the opposite. Yeah. And then like usually I'm the one being neglected in a room full of cousins that are boys, I guess. <laughs> can you be quiet, Stephanie? Yeah. They're like, can you be quiet, Stephanie? I'm <laughs> kidding. It has nothing to do with my gender. I just talk a lot. <laughs> so it's very strange. Do you guys have cheerleading in China? No. Like in high school? No fascinating no no cheerleading no like then okay like a soccer game soccer games happen yeah. do you guys have football games Fo- american football yeah no we call it soccer okay well do you guys have any sort of like sp- like you know how in american high schools like there's lacrosse teams and then mm. like you have two high schools who play against each other and everyone goes and watch and then you've got the cheerleaders and then you've got all the kids in the stands we have um yes olympic math Shut up. You're just yeah. trolling. No, I'm serious. Me. No, serious. School against school. <laughs> American don't have that? I mean, yeah, we have like Yeah, we have like math m- math, math competition, m- but we call it Olympic it Olympi- Olympic math, like Olympic math. Yeah, like Aoshu, like competition. Wow. Yeah, I always represent our school. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then what Okay, okay. So you have math competitions, but you don't have any sports or anything? Not really. Do you guys have like a debate team? Debate team? No. You guys don't have like a soccer, t- a basketball team? No. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys, you don't do any sports in high school? We solve math problems. <laughs> I cannot tell if you're trolling me. Sometimes he will troll the shit out of me just because he thinks I'm so dumb. And I'm just like, you guys don't have, <laughs> like, what do you mean? We don't. You d- Okay. Okay, 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 okay. College, I heard there are. Like college uh, basketball, it's pretty getting big. But no, not in in middle school. You guys have middle school teams? Yeah, and then you like get ready for high school teams. No, we just, no, solve, yeah, solve this math problem. Honey, you're making it sound so depressing. You are making No, it's fun. It's fun. Okay, okay. It's fun. Oh, Oh, I was so good when I was in. Um, elementary school. Oh my gosh. Oh, you peaked in elementary school. I peaked. You peaked. I was in third grade and I was solving fifth grade <gasps> Olympic math problems oh, that shit. apparently seventh or eighth graders can't even solve. Seventh and eighth graders? Yeah, and I was in third grade. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I got lucky. Yeah. I'm dating above my league for sure. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Do the math. Yeah, you are. <laughs> 
Speaking of math, let me tell you about something. Sometimes I don't like doing the math, especially when it comes to things like credit cards and credit card debt. Listen, if you have multiple credit cards and you know that tracking multiple balances, multiple different due dates, and website logins, website passwords to pay off these credit cards is incredibly stressful. It almost makes it feel like this mountain that you can never conquer. And so Upstart is something that makes it so simple with one monthly payment in one singular place. No matter how hectic your life gets, it's so easy to remember. If you guys have never heard of Upstart, I really wish that I knew about this company when I was going through all of this because it would have saved so much heartache. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off your credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. So it helps you find smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score, which I think is is really helpful what's great about upstart is it's like this new age fintech yeah it's no longer mm-hmm. based everything on the traditional criteria yes. but you know i think it needs to be updated on a lot of other factors so they evaluate based on that provide you with smarter rates they also make it super easy to use so they've got a five minute online rate check you can see your rate upfront for loans from one thousand to fifty thousand dollars so you can get approved the same day you can receive funds as fast as one business day and if debt is taking over your life, it's literally time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash rotten. That's upstart.com slash rotten. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Also, remember, loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash rotten. I mean, this place was really expensive. Private lessons would start at $36. So these moms did not play. Just to give you an idea of this area and how much these moms did not freaking play. Um, so there's a, a junior high called Alice Johnson Junior High. And their cheerleading squad is the cheerleading squad to be a part of in that area. And so recently, when there was a cheerleading squad tryout, there was a bomb threat called in to the junior high school. And so people were like, what happened? Why was there a bomb threat? The, the police couldn't figure out who did it the police couldn't figure out if there actually was a bomb there was no evidence of a bomb and all of the speculation in the area is that a mom was worried that her kid was not ready for the cheerleading tryouts and called in a bomb threat oh she thought her kid gonna bomb it no oh oh no honey can we make bomb jokes i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like exactly yeah the mom was like my kid's gonna bomb so bomb threat oh oh god this feels really inappropriate okay i'm leaving and so wanda and verna were really well-known moms in this arena each had their reputation of just going balls to the walls for their daughters like that was what they were known for like if you needed a mom who would do anything to get her daughter on a cheerleading squad wanda and verna were those moms so verna's kid her name is amber and she's got this brown curly hair she's got these pale blue eyes she had already won three twirling competitions since she was like three years old what's twirling so twirling is like you know when they have the batons it's it's very gymnastics rem- reminiscent i know when you think twirling i thought ribbon dancing because i did that in church when i was young mm. 
And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to the Olympics. That never happened. But it's like when they have these batons that they throw into the air, they do like all these crazy flips and then they catch the baton at the end. Mm, And then you're just like, I mean, how was that even up there for that long? Like, how does gravity work? It's just all very confusing, but it's very magical. And so she already already won multiple twirling competitions. She started when she was three years old. She was also not only very good at that, but she was a yearbook star. She was voted friendliest, most spirited, and she was an honor roll student, which is insane. Now, Wanda's kid, Shauna, she was also an honor roll student. She was incredibly popular. She was talented. She was vice president of the eighth grade. Now, she was only vice president because Amber was the actual president of the eighth grade. Now, to be fair, they did not compete for those two offices. They ran for different offices, and then that's like the position that they actually wanted. So, you Mm -hmm. know, it's not like Shauna lost and became the vice president. Mm -hmm. And they were friends. They were actually really good friends because they were so much alike. They had the same struggles. They were like, oh my God, we go to the same studio. Like, we go to the same school. Everything's like the same. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought that they were good friends. Mm -hmm. But, but Shauna's best friend was her mom, Wanda. Now, this is going to sound very dance moms because it is. So Wanda would buy these mother-daughter outfits for her and Shauna to wear. Mm -hmm. And they would just be like cheerleading outfits. Like she would go and buy cheerleading outfits and she would like wear them. And then Shauna would have the matching set. Cute. That's a little weird. Oh. Or weird. I mean, I feel like matching outfits <laughs> is cute, but like in the way that Wanda was doing it was almost like if she was living vicariously through her daughter, uh, which is always very unhealthy, you know? Yeah, so like yeah. in a very creepy way. Now, the daughters were friends. The moms were okay. Like Wanda and Verna, they were both super ambitious in their own right. So they just didn't have time to have friends. Like they didn't have time for each other. They also were pretty competitive. They were the ones bringing competition into this competition. It wasn't the kids. Mm-hmm. Now, the first real big issue between these two women started for the first cheerleading tryouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so both of the kids went to a Christian private school for elementary school. But by the time cheer tryouts came around, they wanted to go to the public school, which is Alice Johnson Junior High, because mm. it has the best cheerleading squad. Now, you can't be a part of the cheerleading squad unless you're part of that school. Junior high is middle school? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so Wanda had transferred Shauna to the public school from private school so that she could try out. Now, Verna had not transferred Amber. So in Wanda's head, she was like, oh, obviously, Amber's just going to stay in this private school up until high school. And then maybe eventually in high school, she's going to try out for the high school squad. Right. Mm-hmm. But the high school squad is harder to get into unless you're already part of the Alice Johnson Jr. high school squad. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to like be like, hey, ninth grade cheerleading squad. Like, by the way, I've been doing cheer for like the past three years. Right. So it'd be easier. So that's like the whole plan Wanda had. But Wanda had no idea that Verna had actually gone to both of the principals at both of the schools, the private school and the public school saying, hey, do you mind if my kid tries out for this public school's cheerleading tryouts? If she makes the team, I will completely transfer her. And both the principals were like, yeah, we've got no problem with it. Go ahead. What a serious, complicated commitment process. Listen, if I ever become a parent, my one goal is to avoid principles at all costs. I'm like, I'm not going there. I'm not talking to them. But like this person is like, let me go talk to them. Let me go give a little chat. Let me get some exceptions. It's crazy. And so she got the exception for both principals to have Amber try out. Now, Wanda had no idea about this. Now, Wanda gets really upset because there's only two slots available. And Mm -hmm. three girls were competing for those two spots. 
Now That's remember, pretty big chance of getting know, help. <laughs> it's like two out of three. Okay, it's not like two out of I don't know fifty. There's know. only three girls. You just gotta make sure you're better than the worst person. <laughs> yes. What? You just have to be second worst, and then you'll be second best. Yeah. <laughs> And so there was only two slots available. Three competitors. Now Wanda's getting nervous when Amber comes to the tryouts because she was like, I wasn't expecting this. Like I was expecting two <laughs> girls for two slots, which means 100% my daughter's going to be a cheerleader. So now, now this done just pissed me off. Like she's getting riled up. She's getting mad about it. So they do the whole competition and Shauna does not make it. Amber and some other poor girl makes it. I say poor girl because I'm sure she was terrorized by Wanda <laughs> after this. Okay. So um, they make the team and Shauna did not. Now, Wanda immediately is so freaking pissed. She went around telling everyone, how did we let this outsider join our squad? And she's talking about Amber, the daughter. What do you mean our squad? She's not even part yeah, of the squad. I, <laughs> the squad, squad, squad. She's not even part of the squad, okay? But like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, that's very Regina George of you. I like it, okay? So she's like, how do we let this little Regina? Outs- <laughs> the movie Mean Girls. Oh. She's like, how did we let this little outsider into our squad? And she's talking about like a little kid, a little teenage kid. And Wanda felt like if Amber wasn't allowed to try out, Shauna would have gotten the spot. So mm-hmm. she threatened to do what every Karen does. And she's like, I'm going to get an attorney and I'm going to sue. I'm going to press charges on this entire school, the entire board of education, this school system, the curriculum, every single person. I'm going to sue all the fucking students, too. Like she was just going on a little Karen rampage. Now, her husband, on the other hand, C.D. Hollow. The, bar- mm-hmm. the powerful man of Channel View. He was on the board of the Channel View band. Now, I don't know what that means, but apparently he could make some rules. So he made the rule that potential cheerleading candidates would have to spend at least one semester in the system before trying out. Now, mm-hmm. it seems like he made this rule just so he could shut Wanda up at home. But mm-hmm. Wanda wasn't happy because she was like, did that get Shauna on the cheerleading squad? No, it didn't. So shut up, husband. You know, like they were just fighting about it all the time. So this really seemed like he was just trying to get some peace at home, but it didn't really work. Mm -hmm. Now, next year, tryouts happen because every year there's tryouts. So a full year passes and Wanda has been fuming this entire year. It has been a sleepless year for Wanda Holloway. And she's like, this year, I'm going to make it happen. She's going to get on that cheerleading squad. Okay, so this is when the ruler incident takes place. Wanda wanted to get Shauna elected onto the team so badly that she calls her ex-husband, Tony, and says, Hey, I want to do something special to guarantee a spot for our daughter on the cheerleading squad. And so Tony's like, okay, well, how about, oh yeah, how about we do this? I read somewhere that people are like handing out wooden rulers and number two pencils with their names like inscribed onto it. Like vote for Shauna Harper. Like, you know, those fancy number two pencils that like say shit like that. Fancy number two pencil. <laughs> Don't be bougie. Like you could like have your name on there, or like, will you go to prom with me? Yeah. But I've it's, seen like, I've seen it in those like school high school um movies movies no. vote for me yes yes yeah. and so that's what they did they special ordered all of these pencils all of these wooden rulers that said vote for shauna harper for cheerleader on it and they thought it was a really really good idea so finally before the tryouts they start passing it out and then all of a sudden the vice principal confiscates all of them because it doesn't comply with election rules you can't just be bribing students okay like you can't just be like hey if you vote for her i'll give you a fucking free pencil because you know how many kids kids forget their pencils at home so now they're voting for you just because they're like oh shit i forgot my pencil yeah let me get a pencil 
So they were like, you can't, you can't do this. So he confiscates all of the freaking rulers and the pencils. And Wanda goes home. She calls Tony crying. She's like having a whole thing. She gets more pencils, more rulers. She comes to school the next day. She starts handing them out again. She's breaking the law at this point. She doesn't care. She's a bad bitch. So she's like handing them out. Then the school decides, okay, this lady's crazy. Like this lady is a full on Karen. We need to do something. We need to set the record straight so that no other Karens can do this. So they have a Karen meeting. It was a public meeting for all of the cheerleading moms they were like come together karens we're going to talk about this karen and so that's when they decided that shauna was officially disqualified from this year's tryouts wow that is really embarrassing embarrassing y'all wow. so bad now wanda goes home she's in tears she's tumultuous she is emotional she acts like her whole world is ending shauna on the other hand is like listen dad i don't even want to be a cheerleader anymore like it's really not that big of a deal like i'm just so freaking embarrassed like i i can join debate team honestly like i don't need to do this in my life and wanda's like no don't you ever speak such blasphemy in my house why is wanda so obsessed she's like if i couldn't be a cheerleader at least my daughter can be a cheerleader and i can still somewhat be connected and associated with this group of people Mm. it's like if you didn't become i guess the asian version would be like i'm not a doctor so you (laughs) must be a doctor (laughs) and so wanda's not ready to give up she's like we'll try again next year so for the next year wanda's fuming more sleepless nights she's going crazy she's like literally pulling her hair out over next year's tryouts so finally the tryouts happen but this time wanda's getting smart wanda's like listen i'm not doing no cute little pencils anymore i'm fucking going all in so she planned months in advance and she infiltrated the network she got a job doing clerical work at the high school band director's office she has infiltrated the office so she's doing all this clerical work and that's when she starts asking all of her little co-workers at the band director's office hey so like i suppose someone wanted to go on the cheerleading squad like what would be the best way to go about it could i like cozy up to a sponsor is there what I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is there any way to get another girl another competitor disqualified what <laughs> so the squad has i mean not the squad the the group band has to try out every year yeah so you get taken off if you're not good yeah every year wow competitive competitive isn't huh. it so stressful it's yeah. like imagine if we did that with like everything like marriage we're just like <laughs> <laughs> marriage tryouts <laughs> propose again it's not a bad idea huh? it's a really good idea yeah <laughs> Every Shit. year we have like a little assessment. We sit down to right. like a six month work assessment. <laughs> yeah, this year I choose John. Whoa! <laughs> oh no, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is when everyone's like, um, Wanda, you need to tone it down. There's no way that you can get a little 12 year old girl disqualified from the cheerleading competition. Like, what are you talking about? Why are you acting like the Joker? Like, this is not some movie. Like, you're just a cheerleading mom. Like, stop taking life so seriously. Like, they give her the whole spiel. So Wanda goes home and she immediately calls a man by the name of Terry Harper. Now, if you remember the last name, it's because this is her ex-husband, Tony Harper, the father of both of her children, his brother so this is like her ex-brother-in-law okay Mm -hmm. so she calls him up and he he has a very interesting past so he was probably not the star child of the harper family he was married several times he had minor brushes with the law he had a dui and at the time he was working as a construction worker right 
Mm-hmm. So Wanda calls him one day and she's like, I need to talk to you about something serious. He's like, okay, well, uh, do you want to come over to my house or do you want me to go to yours? And she's like, no, not at home. We got to go do it in the car. So she's like, I'll pick you up. She picks her up. He gets into the car and she just goes on and on and keeps asking him, how much do you love your niece, Shauna? I, lo- I love my niece, Shauna. How much? I love, I love her a lot. I mean, she's a, good, she's a good girl. Like, she's a good niece. She's good. She gets good grades. She's nice to the family. I, li- I like her. Well, how much? Because I need two people taken care of, and I don't care how you do it. He's like, what? What do you, what do you mean? I need two people dead, and I don't care how you do it. <laughs> you need, what? You need two people dead? Dead. I don't care how you do it. So he's like, listen, I don't do anything like that. But like, who are you trying to kill? Because he's curious. It's like family gossip. He's like, who are you trying to kill, girl? And so she's like, I need Verna Heath and her 13-year-old daughter, Amber, dead before the cheerleading tryouts. And he's like, listen, I really don't do anything like that. And I don't know anyone who would do that to a 13-year-old kid. Like, what is wrong with you? But he just really wanted to get out of the car. So he was like, okay, yeah, like, let me look for someone from my criminal friends. You know, I'm just going to go look. Now, the reason that she reached out to Terry Harper, which I think is so fascinating, and police, like, they were interviewed. They gave the whole psychology for this. is because when you come from a suburban suburban family, right, Uh you are just fucking as suburban as it gets, which, like, nothing's wrong with that. I grew up in the suburbs, right? Um, You don't really know that many hard-seasoned criminals. Like, if you are looking for a hit job, like, you're not going to go straight up call the cartel. You're not going to call a mafia boss. Like, you're not going to be like, hey, get El Chapo on the phone. Like, you don't know these people. It's too scary. Why would you get involved with these people? You call the person that you think has the most criminal record in your inner circle. Now, if you live in the suburbs, most likely, you're talking DUIs. You're talking minor, minor misdemeanors, okay? You're talking maybe petty theft. You're not talking full-on murderers. Like, you're not gonna just have them laying around in your circle of friends. Like, you're not gonna be like, hey, anyone know a murderer at your PTA meeting? And Mm -hmm. so she calls up her most seasoned criminal in her life which is her you know brother-in-law and he had a dui on his record <laughs> and that's just as good as a hitman she's like he's gonna do it he he's a criminal he's gonna do it for me and so she genuinely believed that he had connections with hitmen so she's like yeah yeah go on go get me some hitmen and so he leaves he's like what a weirdo and he never calls her back because he's like no I'm not going to deal with that now he doesn't hear from Wanda again until Christmas Eve comes around and he goes to his parents house with his family now because this is his niece Tony was there his brother was there and Shauna was there now Wanda wasn't there because it's like oh this is like her ex-family right so she's probably spending it with her new family or like her current husband not her ex-husband mm-hmm. and so Shauna comes up to the uncle and is like hey uh, I don't know why but like mom wants you to call her on this number and it was like a piece of paper with like a burn phone number on it like one of those burn phones that you get at walmart and so he's like um okay so he's like okay (laughs) i know when i call her she's just gonna want one of two things either she's gonna be like hey i don't know what i was thinking like just forget that happened don't tell anyone because uh, it sounds crazy just please don't make a big deal out of it like i'm not looking for a hitman i was just i was just strung out on coffee or second of all she's gonna be like hey Did you find someone? So he's hoping, obviously, it's the first option. So he calls her up on the phone and she's like, hey, uh, did you find someone? And he's like, God damn it. And this is when he asks the ultimate question, the question that we all want to ask, which is, um, why do you need a hitman? Like, why not just let Shauna try out? And if she doesn't get it, she doesn't get it. 
And she and said, she say, I don't no. get it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't, what do you mean? That's, I don't understand the logic in that. Okay, you're dumb, but where's the hitman? <laughs> so she's like, no, she will be too devastated and never try out again. So she's saying if Shauna gets rejected from the squad for the third year in a row, Shauna will never try out for the cheerleading squad ever again, which mm. is not what she can do. So she's like, you need to find someone. So Terry's like, okay, I'll find someone. And he hangs up the phone and he immediately tells Tony because this is when he realizes that Wanda is serious about killing a 13-year-old. And he's like, I need to tell my brother. So he's like, Tony, hey, uh, bro, I need to tell you something. I don't know why I think Terry Harper sounds like that. I'm sorry. So he's like, I need to tell you something. Now, Tony is like, you need to go call the cops. He's like, you need to immediately tell the police because if she is serious, she needs to she needs to go to jail because that's insane. I don't want my kids to grow up with her. Like, I don't want my kids to be under her influence. Who knows what she'll do? So uh-huh. Tony's like, OK, let's go together. So Terry goes to the sheriff's department and they immediately were not interested in the case. So to give you some background, this sheriff's department had recently just done a hitman case, a conspiracy to commit murder, like one of those, um, you know, murder for hire type situations. And a husband had paid $5,000 to a hitman to get rid of his wife, had literally transferred $5,000. There was a transfer of payment done, which is literally the last step before the police arrest you. Okay. And he had given the money. The police arrest the husband. The wife, she's shopping at Kroger. They go to Kroger. They alert the wife. Hey, you were about to be murdered. We just saved your ass. Mm-hmm. And she's in tears. They go to trial. The husband gets probation. No jail time. And the wife stayed with the husband to this day. They're still married. And the police are <laughs> clown emojis. <laughs> the police are cloud emojis. And they're like, why did we do all of that? For what? For what? So they're like, we're not trying to do that. And we don't even believe you. A clown can be clowned again. <laughs> Fool me once. Wait, how does it go back? <laughs> Fool me once, clown on me. <laughs> and so they're like, no, we don't even think it's real. Like, this doesn't exist. Okay, like the husband and the wife is more common, but really a cheerleading mom trying to kill another cheerleading mom yeah like you're trying to clown us you're just trying to make us look dumb and terry's like no i swear i swear and so they find they're like okay fine then wiretap your phones we're going to teach you how to record all of your phone calls with wanda and if she's serious you can come back to us with all of these recorded audios and we'll we'll investigate Mm -hmm. so he's like okay fucking fine so he goes home he starts recording all of his phone calls with wanda and wanda was upset because this fake hitman that terry was making up was trying to charge wanda two thousand five hundred dollars for the hit on verna and five thousand dollars for the hit on amber and she just was talking about it as if it was like a car she's like you know it's just a lot of money for me you know like it's just a little too much like can we meet somewhere in the middle like can we bring that number down like what's the bottom line here like she was genuinely so casual about it and so finally she decides to just go with the hit on verna she's like you know what i feel like five thousand dollars is too much to pay someone to kill this 13 year old kid so i'm just gonna kill her mom because if it's right before the cheerleading tryouts obviously amber is gonna be too emotional because her mom just died that she can't compete She's like, not because she's 13 and she's a kid and she has a future in front of her. (laughs) It's because, you know, like, I can just get 
take care of the situation yeah. with only just the mom. So two birds, one stone, and I could probably still buy a diamond bracelet with the rest of the money. <sighs> like she was really going in. So Terry's like, okay, sounds good. So the police are finally like, oh damn, like she's serious. Like she's negotiating the price. Okay, fine. Let's arrange for the payment day to happen. So that day that they arrange, the police are in on it. Um, Wanda drops Shauna off at church and she meets up with Terry and she hands over her diamond earrings as a down payment. She said, I will get you the rest after it's done so this is the down payment and she leaves the car saying i couldn't pull the trigger myself but i can sure do it this way mother forker do you want to know what's insane the fact that i got into thrifting during quarantine and i realized how incredible of a struggle it would be i looked up thrift stores in my area then quarantine happened i can't go to these thrift stores and i also heard even if you go now you can't even try things on because the changing rooms are closed and that's when i was told about thread up so i started using it and listen i'm going to tell you the secret on how to get free people for just six dollars lululemon leggings for up to 90 percent off my secret is thread up it's an online thrift store with the best deals around and today you guys can get an extra 30% off your order at threadup.com slash rotten. You're going to find all of your favorite brands at unbelievably low prices. It's one of the world's largest online thrift store with your favorite brands that are 90% off of estimated retail. They have over 35,000 different brands for women's. You can get kids clothing because, you know, kids grow out of clothes so quick. Handbags, shoes, and more. My favorite is I find a lot of Zara pieces for only $6. Things from like Madewell and J. Crew, I get it for like $9. You can even find Nike on there from $6. Thrifting yeah. has never been easier. You do this in the comfort of your home. You can even customize your search by your size, your style, your budget. So you can find these best deals immediately and instantly. They're always in high quality condition. And some of them even still have their tags on and they get delivered straight to your door. They also have an easy return policy. So it makes thrifting worry free completely. ThreadUp is the best place to shop for your wallet and the planet. One of the world's largest online thrift stores offers up to 90% off your favorite brands like Nike, Zara, Madewell, and more. Today, get an extra 30% off your first order when you go to threadup.com slash rotten. That's T-H-R-E-D-U-P dot com slash rotten for 30% off your first order. So she was arrested the next day and the Heath family was alerted of what was about to happen to them. So they're like, Verna, Amber, you're about to get murdered. We saved you. Hee hee. Thank us. You know, the police, they're really cool about it. And so this obviously became an absolute media show. It's got a lot of things that the press is obsessed with. It's got Texas. It's got crime and it's got cheerleading, which is just like an explosion case. They called her pom pom mom, pom pom mom, murderous pom pom mom. Listen, if I ever go down for a crime i don't want to go down as pom-pom mom movie companies were reaching out to this tiny little town for anyone anyone that was involved in the story to be like hey do you want to be part of a movie (laughs) (laughs) it would be like the janitor of the cheerleading squad trials and they were like do you want to be part of a movie like they were just insane tv shows were sending representatives to motels including press networks to try to get some more information on this case they would even hustle the kids or maybe the kids were hustling the journalists i'm not sure so these journalists would approach these kids that went to the same school as shauna and amber like imagine how traumatic this experience experiences for everyone involved especially all of the kids involved right and now the school yearbook would usually sell for $15 a pop $15 you get a school yearbook. <laughs> a pop yeah, a pop now if you had a school yearbook that had Shauna or Amber's picture in it the reporters were buying it off of you for $50 these kids were fucking hustling they were hustling the press they were hustling these journalists they were making shmoney they were flipping yearbooks 
they were flip or flop. Like they were just going in, right? There were so many good punchlines. I mean, when I say good punchlines, I feel so bad for saying that. But, but like, I mean, nobody was murdered. I know there's trauma involved, but like, okay, just listen to it. And then you tell me if it's good or bad. Give me a G. Give me a U. Give me an N. What does that spell? Give me a gun. <laughs> Give me a goon. <laughs> insane they had to keep the press out of the cheerleading tryouts because these journalists were literally trying to pay the school kids like hey what time is your cheerleading tryouts like imagine how creepy that is these full-on adults with like little cameras they're like what time's your cheerleading tryout and they're like whoa this is insane they had to have all of the faculty stand outside of the gym dorms as if they were part of like the fucking secret service to try to keep press out like it was insane now amber did make the team shauna however did not try out for the team because i mean well i can understand why she didn't so shauna and wanda were getting bullied in the press like nonstop. Shauna was getting bullied in real life. So between all of her peers. Now, this was really sad. So Shauna, she said that her only way of coping with what her mom had just done, because she had no idea about this, you know, she would not agree to this, was she just acted like it didn't happen. Like that was her coping mechanism. Like her brain, she's like 13. She didn't know how to process this. She's like, okay, I'm going to act like this event did not take place. Now she started getting bullied at school because everyone was like, how are you just going to act like nothing happened? Now what made it even worse is that everyone was treating Amber as if she was this victim, which she was. But in this situation, I think both girls were victims, you know? But they were treating Shauna as if she was just as bad as Wanda. When in reality, Shauna was just as much of a victim as Amber was, you know? But that's not how they were treating her. Yeah, yeah. And so she was just getting bullied. She she got um, anxiety and depression from all of this. She had oh. a lot of trouble through school th- for the rest of this. Now, Wanda, on the other hand, she's been arrested. She refused to get counseling for her children. So she had to like sign off on it because they're underage and she was the sole like guardian of them. So she had to sign off like, yes, I give permission for my underage children to go to therapy with this specific therapist. Right. And uh-huh. she's like, they don't need therapy. So that's when Tony, the biological dad, sued for custody of the kids and they use this in court to their advantage so wanda's attorney is like oh my god he just sued you for custody so they come up with this crazy freaking theory that tony and terry set up wanda for custody of the kids they were like obviously if she's sitting in jail custody is going to be easier to get so we're going to set up this crazy whole scheme about like baiting her into like admitting that she wants to like murder people and then we're going to sue her for custody that was the defense wanda's attorney used in in court they were just like yeah dead ass now what didn't work with this is that tony had never sued for custody prior to any of this and it had been 11 years since their divorce so Mm. it's kind of like i mean he should have probably done it at least once or twice before the 11 years like who waits 11 years and then suddenly is like ah now that i've waited long enough we're gonna set them up for a murder for hire plot like it's just that doesn't make any sense now what made it even worse and really worse for wanda is that shane liked his dad a lot more to begin with and all of the money that his dad and Wanda had saved up for his college tuition was now going to Wanda's defense attorney. Wait. Shane, yeah, their son. Who's Shane? Shane, the son. Their eldest kid. So son helped... Pay for it. Helped who? 
I mean, he he didn't have a choice. So Wanda and um, Tony had say like set aside money for his college. Oh, they fund. both just took his money and yeah. used it in court. Battle yeah, it out. Yeah, because the attorney had to, to get paid, you know. Oh, and wow. so they were like, "We're out of money. Like, do you need? Like, we can't have your mom sit in prison forever. We need to pay this attorney." And it sucked because he was an honor roll student and he worked his ass off in high school. And he was like, "This is gonna make it so much harder for me to go to college, and I maybe not even be able to go to the." College that I want to because of this. Well, this stupid mom just ruined, ruined everyone, it all. ruined all the kids' lives. Yeah, and she's like, "I did it for the kids." It's like, really, Wanda, you did it for you, bitch. And so he was like, "Yeah, it all went down the drain for nothing." And she was convicted of solicitation of capital murder and sentenced to fifteen years in prison. Now, um, the first conviction was overturned briefly because they found out a jury member, a juror, had a drug-related felony charge and shouldn't have been allowed on the jury. So a mistrial was declared. Then the second trial happened, and this time she pled no contest. They negotiated a plea deal, and she got ten years in prison with a ten thousand dollar fine. And she was also sued in the civil court system for against the victims and she settled for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars now here's the crazy plot twist of it all pom-pom mom only served six months of her 10-year prison sentence she was released march 1st 1997 the judge ordered her to serve the remaining nine and a half years on probation and complete a thousand hours of community service a bit served six months of a 10-year sentence six months (laughs) What? Now, Shauna, she, I mean, there was just a lot going on. So Shauna was plagued with depression. She had anxiety attacks. Now, her best friend had just been, like, taken from her. Like, imagine the betrayal. She was so close with her mom. Now her relationship was essentially non-existent when her mom got out. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's getting a little better now. So now Shauna's a teacher. She's a mother of two. And she doesn't push her kids to do anything that they don't want to do, obviously. And she's getting closer with her mom, Wanda, because they kind of bond over her children. Children. I think mm. it's helpful also. I believe both of her children are sons. Mm. Imagine she has a daughter and Wanda's like, my grandkid's going to be a cheerleader. I'd punch her. <laughs> and that is the story of Dance Mom's Gone Wild. I don't know what to say other than the fact that this story set back cheerleading for so long because this is literally the stereotypical what people think of cheerleading and how toxic it is. But it's like cheerleading is such a good sport. Did they make a movie or anything out they of it? They made like a Lifetime made-for-TV film from it. I think there was a couple other things that came out of it, but it just was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, so strange. Embarrassing. Embarrassing, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, this next story, oh, God, this is the one I was waiting for. I know. I don't ever know how to do a short podcast. I'm sorry. I know. Eventually, I'll have some short podcasts, but um, this one's so good. Okay, so I'm going to try to make it as brief as possible, but, oh, God, it's so good. Now, here's the reason that I never talked about this, even though I have been sitting on this case for, like, months now. It's because it happened in 1560, and I always felt like people don't like stories that even happened in the 90s i feel like people are like i can't relate like why couldn't they just like bring out their cell phone and call 911 and i'm like because they had pagers <laughs> like i didn't grow up in that area but like they had pagers you know so it's like kind of maybe harder to relate to the victims or relate to the situation because you're like i don't get it why couldn't 
they just post it on TikTok and try to get a viral case so that people could help them out, you know? Um, <laughs> it's a little different. Now, in the 1560s, it's even more different. So it even feels like just like a fake story. And it's hard because a lot of this, it's like, it's a telephone game. It's like what we learned through history, but how can we know for sure that this happened? Mm-hmm. Now, do you know that whole stereotype of how women are so obsessed with staying young, we're so obsessed with being wrinkle-free that we will do anything, anything such as put blood onto our faces like the kardashians like the kardashians yes so that there's a blood facial that's really popular (laughs) and they take your own blood so they take blood out of you and then they like they put it into like this crazy container Uh i'm like tupperware um like this machine and it takes the plasma out of your blood apparently and then Uh you put the plasma back onto your face it's Uh like plasma but i know like a bunch of other celebrities do like placenta facials they do um like um what do you call it i know sandra bullock apparently i don't know if she was kidding she said that she had taken the foreskin of a child like you know how um boys get (sighs) circumcised that you can buy those skin and then like rub it on your face i don't know if she's being sarcastic but she do be looking young for her age so i don't really know (laughs) yeah so like there's all of these crazy things now i believe that a lot of these conspiracies about blood and this eternal youth start with this woman because she was known as the original blood countess the original dracula and it was said that she took blood baths baths you know how we fill up a tub of water put in a lush bomb and we're like ah self-care right no she used to literally take like nine to 15 girls she liked virgin girls so they were like 10 okay she would drain them of their blood into a bathtub and she would soak in young virgin blood she would murder them for their blood Now, that is what's said about her. Now, I don't know if this is necessarily true because she was convicted for murdering 80 people, but it's suspected that she killed upwards of 650 people. Now, to do some math, it would take about 9 to 15, somewhere along those lines. Let's average it out to like 13 little girls, full blood contents to fill up a standard bathtub. So Jeez. it's kind of up in the air. It has never been a thousand percent confirmed that she took blood baths, but she was doing a lot of suspicious things with the blood. She was making some blood facials, doing some blood toners like she was putting that shit in bottles and she was like, ooh, skincare like she was doing all of that. So let's get into the story of one of the most richest, prolific serial killers that happens to be a female. So she was a countess. Her name is Elizabeth Bathory. And she was born in Hungary to one of the most powerful Protestant families in existence. This was 1560. Her dad was Baron George Bathory. And I'm like, oh, Baron, what a cool name. No, that's like a title back in the day. And her mom, her name was Baroness Anna Bathory. And they were both Bathory's at birth. So you know what that means, right? They're probably like fucking cousins. Uh. They're literally cousins that are fucking. They're fucking cousins fucking. What? (laughs) yeah they were yeah they're like cousins or something and they got married because they they were like number one fans of keep the bloodline royal keep it in the family blood is thicker than water like we just need to be doing all of this and so there was a lot of inbreeding which is very pertinent to the story because this also impacts how elizabeth is born now they were extremely rich their social standing was intense to like understand how rich they are because i i couldn't like quite put my finger on it because they didn't have like forbes back in the day so it's not like they were on like a forbes list and i could just google it her uncle was the voivod of transylvania the fuck 
Okay, so the voivod of Transylvania is the highest ranking official in Hungary. Like, think like the fucking president of Hungary. But like back in the day when presidents were the richest people alive, you know? Mm-hmm. And her mom's, like her her grandpa on her mom's side was another voivod of Transylvania. Mm-hmm. So they just came from a family of wealth and power and inbreeding. And Elizabeth's uncle was Stephen Bathroy, and he was the king of Poland. He was also the grand duke of Lithuania of the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth and the Prince of Transylvania. Like imagine giving an intro. Just titles on titles on titles. <laughs> titles on titles on titles. Hear thee, hear thee. The King of Poland, Grand Duke of Lithuania, the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth, and the Prince of Transylvania. All stand. You know, like it would just be a lot. And so the Bathory family was just going through it at this time. I mean, this is straight up Game of Thrones. If Game of Thrones was not inspired by this case, I don't know what they were inspired by. Okay, because this they were divided. So the Bathory's had two sections of their entire massive inbreeding house. Okay, so they had this section that was like, no, we have the rightful heir to the throne. And then this other section was like, oh, no, this is the rightful heir to the throne. So they were just competing. Now, Elizabeth, she had her fair share of issues other than the fact that her family was like in a tumultuous violent fight she had a lot of issues and it usually comes with inbreeding such as she had epilepsy so back in the day it wasn't necessarily called epilepsy but she had intense and frequent seizures ever since ever since she was a kid mm-hmm. so this is common for children of inbreeding doesn't mean that everyone you know who has epilepsy is a product of inbreeding it was just more common in terms of inbreeding right mm-hmm. and now there's not a lot of medications back in the day like at all especially for something like epilepsy so they the doctors the most renowned doctors of hungary would come in and they would say okay royal here's what you do you get the blood of a non-sufferer a non-epileptic person someone who doesn't have any seizures and you smear it all over yourself especially your lips like a fucking lip tint and so they were like okay which by the way medical treatments back in the day fucking gnarly okay if i could do a whole ass podcast on just medical treatments back in the day i would just have the time of my life okay okay just a small one so if you had malaria back in the day this is what they would tell you to do you know the word abracadabra they would say find a piece of paper and write abracadabra on the first line then you write abracadabra on the second line so every line you take one letter from the end of the word abracadabra until you're left with just a capital a at the bottom and it's kind of in like this triangular shape you know so it'd go from abracadabra to abracadabra to abracadabra you know and then so on and so forth until you get to a then you tie this piece of paper around your neck for nine days Mm-hmm. And then you go find an east running river and you toss the piece of paper into the east running river mm-hmm. and your malaria will be cured. Abracadabra, bitch. It's gone. Science. Fucking so good. Now, if that doesn't work, they're like, don't fear. You know, that should have worked. 99.9% of the time it works. But if it doesn't, you just go find a lion, take off some of their fat and rub it all over yourself. Lion fat. Do you have asthma? Smoke cigarettes. It's the only cure to asthma is smoking cigarettes do you have seasonal allergies cocaine cocaine up the nose cocaine for indigestion fatigue eye pain hemorrhoids i'm like does everyone in la have seasonal allergies do we all got that indigestion we're all doing medieval medical treatments for this 
because cocaine was legal and it was a medical treatment. If you had chapped hands, like you know how it's like wintertime and your hands yeah. get really dry? They said to put sour cream into a piece of cloth. Then you go bury a hole. You go dig a hole in your backyard. You bury the cloth of sour cream into your backyard. You cover it with dirt overnight. You wake up the next morning. You go and you dig it back up and then you apply the sour cream on the next day. Like you can't apply the sour cream right away. Damn. Do you have pink eye, honey? Do you have pink eye? Do you want to know how to fix pink eye? How I can tell you. It. So like if you have swollen eyes or pink eye, you go to the mm -hmm. beach and you find a live crab, okay? Now you cut out its eyes while it's alive and then you toss it back into the water because we're not savages. You don't want the fucking crab to die. You mm -hmm. just want to literally gouge its eyes out while it's alive and then you rub the crab eyes onto the back of your neck until you can see again. God damn. Yeah, it was a lot. So <laughs> these were just some of the medical treatments I had back in the day. So another epileptic treatment that the doctors for Elizabeth Bathory had prescribed to her was to get a concoction of blood of a non-sufferer and a crushed up piece of that person's skull, mix it into a smoothie and drink it so that you can cure your seizures before they even come. Like a preventative smoothie, like a green like juice. kill a person. Yeah, like kill a person. Now, so I think they, the, did they prescribe this or what? how does that work so i think the way that they would do it is like if someone's already dying right or maybe they would kill a person i'm not sure the method on like how they would rank this they, is it like consider murder or they, this is just no i think it's like considered like just um medicine like a type of diet it's like oh. being keto <laughs> okay so they don't get in trouble yeah Okay. Especially not if you're a bathory. No, no, you okay. never get in trouble. And so she was dealing with all of that. She was dealing with like rubbing blood on her lips and drinking blood every day. And mental illness was running rampant in the family, which again has a lot to do with inbreeding. So they were also seeing not only were they born with it, but they were seeing and witnessing a ton of violence and brutality growing up because this is not, you know, today where we're like, oh no, don't show our kids these things because it's going to influence them. Video games are bad for the kids. Back in the day, they were like, the kid is going to be king one day behead everyone like it was i mean they were mm. fucking balls to the walls back in the day just like game of thrones just like game of thrones mm. the one takeaway from the olden days such as the game of thrones days other than the brutality and the craziness that we're talking about is that sometimes romantic gestures were insane back in the day it was grand it was meaningful everything had such a flair to it everything was customized and special to the person that you're giving it to and that is why for valentine's day i'm urging you to check out love book online this is the best valentine's day gift i know maybe you're away from your significant other or from your family or maybe you're like hey it's been a rough year i want to show them something special i want to give them something that they're just going to be blown over by love book is the place to go you can customize a personalized book about your own love story or maybe even the reasons why you love someone or anything that they would like you can customize a book completely for that person which i think is so cute you can even create these unique characters that look just like you or just like your recipient with all of the features that make them unique like you can choose their hairstyles their outfits i mean it is the cutest gift that i think i could possibly ever receive it's also easy for those people who have a hard time expressing your feelings because this could be an easy way to say it out loud because you're like hey listen this is how much i love you and this is how much i care about you now what's amazing is that you have the option to personalize each page as much as you like but let's say you're going full-on game of thrones style and you're like wow i've got 25 people i'm talking to right now you can literally create a complete book in just a few 
minutes. Love books are the perfect gift for any occasion, but especially for Valentine's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, all of that jazz. Visit lovebookonline.com slash rotten to receive a special 20% discount only for you guys. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash rotten. So there was a fight for the throne. There was fight for castles, the lands, for rule, you know, just the casual stuff. And so rumor said that when Elizabeth was very, very young, they had witnessed a peasant being punished. And this was a very strange punishment. So the way that the court decided to punish this peasant was that they would get a dying horse. They would cut open the stomach of the dying horse, put the peasant inside the horse, and then sew the horse back up while the peasant was still alive. Mm. which is a very complex, strange, just feels like a lot of labor type situation to kill a peasant. But I looked it up and I think that the main reason that they did this was not because they were so bored out of their minds, which I'm sure plays a part in this, was because when the horse dies, typically within the first 24 hours, maggots will start forming inside of the horse. And typically the peasant will still be alive because it seemed like they had let like little spaces of that peasant to get air. I keep calling it a peasant because that's what they called them back in the day. Um, they had let out little spaces in the sewage to let the peasant get air. So without food and water, the peasant will probably die within three to four days. But if the maggots start coming within 24 hours, he's stuck in this enclosed horse that's dead with maggots probably eating him alive. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Exactly. So back in the day, they were really Game of Thrones. Like, they were crazy. And so it said that at this time, young Elizabeth, she's like fucking five years old. She couldn't stop giggling. Like, while they're sewing this peasant inside and the peasant is begging for mercy, she was just giggling on the side like a horror movie. Just like, like, could you imagine? And they were just like, she's ready to be queen. Like, what? Cersei Lannister, get out of here. She also witnessed multiple executions. One of them was incredibly bad. So there was a rebel leader of a group of peasants who were rising up against the nobility because they're like, why do you guys get to just like do whatever you want just because you're born into this family? Like, this isn't fair. We need equality. okay? and Uh so these peasants are rising up. They captured the rebel leader of this group of peasants. They also captured some of his um, followers and they decided to kill him, but put on a show so that if any other peasants are out there, they get word of this. They will never act up against the nobility because I mean think about it do you want to be burnt alive do you want to be roasted like a freaking pecking duck alive so what they did was he made they made the guy completely stripped naked they tied him to an iron throne oh yeah an iron throne they put hot coals shoved underneath the throne to heat up the throne and they placed a red hot metal crown onto his head because he wanted to be king so bad so it's supposed to be symbolic and so he's literally roasting to death like he wasn't immediately dead he's not completely in fire but he's roasting like a fucking rotisserie chicken to death while all of his followers are being tied up and stabbed as they're forced to watch their leader being roasted to death now what makes it even worse is that while their leader is being roasted to death these um court i don't know what you call them like the little soldiers that work for the court they would go up to the rebel leader Mm -hmm. and they would just slice off pieces of his flesh like it was beef jerky because he's getting roasted and they would force it down the throats of his followers they would force cannibalism down the throats of their followers to eat their leader and elizabeth was just like (laughs) 
want. So throughout all of this, the only good redeeming quality about Elizabeth is that she had an amazing education, which was rare at the time, even at her status. So her family's only modern way of thinking is that a girls should be as educated as boys. So they spend a lot of money on her. She was fluent in Hungarian, Greek, German, Latin, and Slavic. So she was very, 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 wow. very educated. She was incredibly smart, maybe too smart for her own good. And most people at the time, especially women, were illiterate. So she was considered to be like this crazy, powerful person. Like there were so many men in power that mm-hmm. were terrified of Elizabeth because you just don't see women that are that educated, that rich, and that powerful. It just isn't a thing that happens back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. She was really into the sciences. So she was really into like biology, astronomy, all of these things. But she was also very fascinated by black magic and witchcraft which Mm. becomes very important. So at 10 years old, as one does, she gets engaged to... um, 10 years old? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 10 years old to a 16-year-old dude by the name of Count... I want to call him Count Nasty, but he's Count Nadesty. Okay, but he's nasty. Okay, so Count Nadesty, he's 16 years old. And obviously, this is an engagement of political bonds and alliances. This is not love. Like, they haven't even met each other by the time that they get engaged. He would later become the chief commander of the Hungarian troops in the war against the Ottomans. So the dude was powerful, too. So before the actual marriage, though, some shit goes down. Elizabeth is 13 years old. It's about a year away from her actual wedding, and she gets pregnant she barely hangs out with count nadesti they haven't done it yet so she's she lost her virginity which is absolutely insane for back in the day and so her family is like who did you get pregnant with like what happened and she says oh like i was fucking this peasant boy okay and her family was so pissed so it was a peasant boy who worked for the royal family and this child could ruin the entire family if people found out that she had a kid with a peasant boy it's all over Mm -hmm. if this kid found out that this like you are the son or the daughter of a bathroy and a peasant like it's over like this what in the bastard is this you know back in the day they cared about stuff like that this is like Jon Snow okay and so they were pissed so what did they do they move her to a secret location mm-hmm. and they have her give birth so that she could have this child in secret and the family gave the baby away to a local woman that was really trusted by the family plus they also like threatened her and her entire family and all of her loved ones and mm-hmm. they paid her some money to take care of this kid and elizabeth like never met the kid again Mm. and that was it they were just like get rid of this baby you know obviously we can't kill the baby just get rid of it and so nobody knew about it but count nadesti he knew about it and he was mad not at elizabeth but at this peasant boy so he decided to track down the peasant boy to punish him and he did this by castrating him and then letting a pack of wild dogs shred him to pieces at 16 years old he was like let me see this shit now elizabeth when she hears about this you're thinking k-drama you're thinking she's gonna be like no count nadesti how could you but she was like he did what tell me about the castration like she was so fascinated by it she Mm. was really into like whoa that's crazy was it bloody was it disgusting what did the dogs do who ate the peen you know like she wanted to know all of these details in like a sick and twisted way so obviously something's wrong with elizabeth like she was like wow sadie's dominant like she just was so into it so then they get married they have this huge wedding and it there was a really just strange ritual that was also involved like again 
again, these are things I would love to do a whole separate podcast on. So Nadesti, he had to show his loyalty to Elizabeth. So what they did is they had all of these girls just parade around dressing in Elizabeth's clothes. And he would sit in the middle of the room on like a stool. And uh-huh. all of these girls would come sit on his lap and they had a veil covering their face and they would be like, I'm Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Don't you love my little booty on your lap? Like, I'm Elizabeth. And then he would have to choose which one is the real Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And that, if he didn't do it, I don't know if the marriage wouldn't go on, but for some reason, he was able to choose his actual bride. So he passed the test. What a loyal ass bitch, you know? That is the ultimate loyalty, okay? <laughs> So 4,500 guests attended this royal wedding. This was insane. Now, yeah, what makes it even interesting is that Elizabeth had a higher social standing than her new husband. So both of them took the last name Bathroy. So she didn't become a Nadesti. He became a Bathroy. And their wedding gifts were insane. Um, You know, he gifted her his family castle. He was just like, here you go, wife. Wow. Yeah. Now, the castle was filled with servants as well. And this is where they would live. And this is where Elizabeth would live for the rest of her life. And the couple was known for being particularly evil with the staff, like super evil. So most courts is what they call it. Like most royal families were evil with their staff. Like they're just not nice people. They're not going to be like, oh, like you want you want hours off today? Like, let me go call HR. Like they were just evil people, you know? Yeah. But these, they were especially evil people hated them so four years into their marriage there was a war a war happened okay (laughs) so count nadesti is like i gotta go to war babe and it was called the long war against the ottomans and it was long he was the chief commander and it was the 13 year long war so he was barely home at this point and he was sick and nasty at war so he was known for being this crazy war commander he would capture people in war he would dance with their dead bodies so like if he killed someone in the battle he would literally dance with their dead bodies and then plop them onto the ground then he would sever their heads and he'd be like hey kevin you want to play catch with this ball and it would be a severed head he would play football he'd play kickball with severed heads so like he did not rule with grace and you know compassion he ruled with just fucking fear and nastiness he was away a lot so elizabeth was running the castle and all of the land surrounding the castle which you're like oh my god like a garden no it was like 17 towns it was like 17 fucking villages that she was literally ruling she was like i am the ruler bits she was in full power and she went full on ceo mode she was like expansion 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 like i need more servant girls i need more servant girls i need to i need to have all these girls working for me so i can save my time like she was full on all of that right so all of these people that are were already working in the castle they were sent out into the local villages approaching all of these peasant families saying hey do you have any peasant girls that you would like to send to the castle and all of these families were so excited to send off these girls with them because they're all from poor families elizabeth promised that she would give these peasant girls a quote-unquote finishing school which essentially is a school for girls to learn how to be ladies like Mm -hmm. most of the time peasant girls back in the day they'd be lucky to go to a finishing school and they would never even dream of going to like an actual school school Mm -hmm. so like they just need to learn how to be ladies they would make some money back they could bring it back to the family but most importantly they would meet people in their time in the castle and hopefully one of these people will marry them and that would be the ultimate you know goal so they were like yes take my daughter now elizabeth's right hand woman she had a right hand woman her name is anna darvolia and she is this old croatian woman and she was known to be a witch 
Yeah. Okay. So she was kind of like a council member, a mentor, like a advisor through Black Magic for Elizabeth, and um, they were really into it. Um, it. It's suspected that they were actually secret lovers at one point, so it gets really complex. Elizabeth also had three other people that would go out into the village with Anna, recruiting these young girls to come work in the castle. But del- during all of this, Anna was like her main right hand woman, right? Mm-hmm. So Anna's favorite way of torturing people. So torture was a firmly associated with black magic in Anna's world. She said, if I torture people, I can make spells happen. So if I need to make a spell to become rich, I need to torture someone so that I can use their blood and use this experience and the energy that this torture creates to cast my black magic spell. Because Mm -hmm. I'm using black magic. It's not fucking cute little flower magic where I go pick peonies in the fields. I need black magic. I need blood. Mm -hmm. And so her favorite torture that she felt was the most effective in black magic was beating someone repeatedly until they just spontaneously died and when i say spontaneously it was usually after sustaining close to 500 separate injuries such as stab wounds burn wounds you know punch wounds beat wounds all of that do people know about this they do later so everyone in the castle knows about it because it's not like they're doing it in secret Okay. So she advised Elizabeth to only take on peasant girls that haven't tasted the pleasures of love, meaning virgins. So she was like, okay. Now, one day, Elizabeth writes to her husband about Anna and is talking about how amazing she is. And she's just talking about how important it is to smear blood on your enemies. Like, if you smear animal blood, like a black chicken, they said a black hen, if you get their blood smeared on your enemies, your enemies will die. They'll just combust. They just won't be able to do it. And so so there was a lot of emphasis on blood. So Elizabeth, what she would do to get blood from these peasant girls is she would bite them. She would um, bite flesh off of their arms and their face. Like incredible bites. Like so <laughs> strong. I don't even know how strong her jaw muscles are. I don't even know. Like it's insane. Yeah, she was like the fucking crimson chin, okay? So she, there was this one girl, a peasant girl, who had her entire breast bitten off by Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth forced her to cook it and eat her own boob. she loves sticking you're gonna die pins and needles underneath fingernails as a form of torture yeah and she would just giggle while she did this she branded her victims with red hot irons coins and keys she would light them on fire and then just like place it onto their skin especially on the genitalia she loved genital mutilation like a just a full-on regular serial killer she loved that shit she would make assistants cut beat with these women they she wouldn't stop until there was enough blood to scoop up from the floor with your hands like you could get like a bucket and a mop and you could scoop up the blood like it wasn't like droplets it was just a pond of blood now she would use it um some people speculate it was for baths a lot of people speculate that she would place it into little bottles and use it for like skincare use it for drinking use it for all of these other things it seemed like it was like part of her routine Jesus. Yeah. It was so bad that she would, a lot of the times during her torture sessions, would have to go change dresses halfway through the torture. Now, you're probably thinking, that's not that big of a deal. Like, her blood, like her dress has blood on it. She just goes into her closet and she changes. This is the 1500s. Have you ever seen any movie from the 1500s? It takes, like, 25 fucking bitches and, like, three hours to put a countess into a dress. So she'd be like, hold on tight, little girl that I'm torturing. Make sure she doesn't die. And she would go upstairs, get herself washed with another 10 servant girls who just witnessed the whole thing. They're like wiping the blood off of her, putting her in a new corset and a new dress and shit. 
what? And then she would just like come back down three hours later, like, okay, back to torture. She would deprive them of water. And she said, oh, if you're that dehydrated, urinate, catch it with your hands and then drink it. And she would watch all of this go down. Like she was just I mean, I don't I feel like in some ways it's phrased as if like this is the olden days. But she's just full on a creepy serial killer. Like this is like the same shit that we talk about all the time, which is regular ass serial killers. And then she would shove hot irons into vaginas of virgins. So this is what happened when a serial killer has power and money, money and can do whatever they want. Yeah. So they instead of go out there and hide and hunt, they're just yeah. like, come here, let yeah. me experiment. Exactly. So like serial killers these days, their favorite is to go f- um, usually use highways, uh, interstate highways and target sex workers. And so, but imagine if these people had more power, people cared less. I mean, even though police care so little about sex workers, I don't agree with it, but you know what I'm saying, right? But imagine if these serial killers just had all the money in the world could get away with it, you know, and they had a castle to do this in to be like, hey, go bring me victims into my castle. And then all these victims were like, I was invited to the castle. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. you know, yeah. what the heck? Um, do you guys remember that torture episode that I did with Kellyanne Bates, the case with Kellyanne Bates and Suzanne Capper? Well, um, Elizabeth Bathory was one of the uh, beginners of winter torture. So she would take girls out in the dead of winter, completely naked, make them lie in the snow, pour cold water on them, watch them freeze to death and just leave them out there in the snow because she thought it was hee hee ha ha and like the wolves will get them. And then Nadeshi would come home for these short visits right and you're thinking okay like during these visits they're gonna just like be in their room making love like doing all this cute shit like oh my god he's been gone for so long right no he would be like hey do you want to know what i did in war bring me some servants and i'll show you exactly what i did and so servants would come into the room and he would literally torture them as he did in war and he would show elizabeth and he's like this is what i learned in war it's like you know what happened today at work yeah let me show you yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Elizabeth would continue torturing with Nadesti. And during the springtime, he taught her to cover the servants in honey completely naked, tie them up outside, and insects would swarm the body. And if the girls would pass out from all of the pain of that, because you're talking bees, you're talking all of these crazy animals come out, how do you wake up girls when they're falling unconscious because of pain? Well, this is what you do. You get oiled up pieces of paper, you light them on fire, and you place them in between the toes, the webbing of the toes, of the girls and they will 100% wake up if they're unconscious in pain what yeah yeah because they wanted reactions from the torture they were sadistic a lot of these girls were left outside eaten alive and eventually seasonal was just too little time like she was like okay so in the spring i need to stock up on honey and then you know in the winter it's so cold i have to watch these girls freeze to death but i'm just so cold and so elizabeth was like count nadesti my wonderful husband can you build me a torture chamber And he was like, absolutely anything for you, love. And so in the basement of the castle, he let her have any device, any piece of furniture, anything she wanted for her torture chamber. This was like HGTV on crack torture version, serial killer, interior designer, architectural digest. Crazy. Okay, so she would do crazy things in there. She would literally sew servant mouths shut. 
like servant girls. Oh She'd be like, did God. you just breathe on me? Let me sew your mouth shut. She would shove things into the fingernails of the girls. That was her favorite. She had this metal ball cage that was commissioned for her torture basement and it would be suspended. So think of like, um, like a square cage, but circular. And it would be suspended into the air with pulleys. And people would take turns like with these spikes on sticks, just sticking it into the balls, like as if it's a game. Like those magicians. Yeah. But like in real life, but you could right, also right, right. see the girl inside. Oh and usually the girls that would end up in that torture ball, their flesh would be torn to pieces and that's how they would come to their death. Speaking of balls... <laughs> Sometimes maybe if you're a man shaving your balls, it might feel like you're in a torture chamber. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to feel that way. Listen, roses are red, violets are blue. Get Manscaped as a gift for V-Day and he'll say... I love you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you guys that your man needs to trim up so he can be ready for anything on that special night. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So two million men, including my fiance, are already using Manscaped products to help groom down below and make sure that your man is one of them because it's really honestly a gift for you too. Like, yes, it's a gift for him, but it's also a gift for you. If you can't think of what to get your man this year, get the gift that's for both both of you guys. The best way to get started, I highly recommend, is the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's full of the best products to keep his balls looking, but more importantly, smelling and feeling nice for both of you guys. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It has advanced skinscape technology and it features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which is really important. It's waterproof. It helps prevent a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink when he shaves his balls and makes the tree stand taller. Can I say that? <laughs> also, on top of all of this, it's vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know his manhood is in good hands. So right now, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ROTTEN at manscaped.com. This is the perfect gift for both of you. Trust me, he will thank you. Your balls will thank you. That's 20% for those balls plus free shipping <laughs> with the code ROTTEN at manscaped.com. So Elizabeth had multiple children during all of this, which is crazy because can you just imagine a pregnant woman doing this? I just don't understand. She would give birth to multiple children. They were all presumed to be her husband's, but Elizabeth was known to have a lot of extramarital affairs. So she was allegedly having an affair with Anna, her right-hand advisor, and also a bunch of other men. So it got really confusing. Now, there was one instance where, you know how I said Elizabeth only really killed virgin girls? Mm -hmm. Well, there was this one older woman, probably the oldest, and one of the only old women that Elizabeth would kill that happened to do with torture. So Elizabeth would kill a lot of people in court. As a ruler, she'd be like, oh my God, you betrayed my law. Killer, right? So that was a little bit different. That was her just being like a fucking judge. That was her just being like a ruler. So killer but in the name of justice. In the name of justice and the oh. court and, you know, her family. But she was also a killer on the side. She was a side hustler. So this was one of those situations. So there was an older servant. This was actually actually one of Elizabeth's favorite employees like a very trustworthy older woman you could always lean on her she was good at her job she would train servant girls she was just the best of the best now I guess all of the virgin peasants were like out doing shit and so Elizabeth is getting upset she's like where are all my little virgin peasants I don't understand and so she had this employee walk into her room and she said hey old woman can you act like a virgin for today 
Mm-hmm. Now, the older woman, she's she, this is her boss, you know, so she's like, um, my countess, like, I, I, I don't know how I could possibly do that. I have kids and a husband and I haven't been a virgin in, oh, God, so many years, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is when Elizabeth took that as straight up rejection and got so pissed that she dragged her by the hair out into the woods, made her get a small log, forced this old woman to put diapers onto the log and carry it around the castle with her. And she said, from now on, that is your kid and it got so weird to the point where elizabeth would wake up in the middle of the night walk herself down to the servant chambers and violently wake up this old woman from her sleep and say you need to breastfeed your child and shove this piece of wood into her face nonstop. like you need to suckle your child you little whore like she would just constantly do this and that was it, the torture she would constantly do this and then eventually she physically started torturing her and it was a slow and painful psychological plus physical tortured death but why did she make do all the the the, the wood log thing? i don't know she's just a sadistic crazy person it seems like she just really really loved when people were in pain and suffering now, that's when Nadesti dies. So they were married for about 25 years, and he left his children and wife in the care of someone he trusted, which was Elizabeth's cousin, the Count Palatine of Hungary. And her de- her husband's death was interesting. So he had an unknown illness. He was suffering from a lot of pain, and at the end of his life, he was unable to even walk. So I don't know if something happened during war. Some people speculate that Anna had hexed him, like had put some black magic on him because she wanted to be the only person in Elizabeth's life, but I'm not entirely sure but what i do know is that elizabeth was obsessed with nadesti like she loved her husband this was one of those situations where i think because elizabeth was very depressed and anxious at a young age Uh nadesti was like the one constant person that she could be like oh well this is my husband he can't leave me like we're together forever and so she was really really sad about him leaving and she didn't have anyone else to torture people with she was like oh my god i thought he was gonna retire from the war and we would just go on and torture everyone for the rest of our lives and happy maritable bliss so it was just a shit show soon afterwards her older brother dies so she's like oh my god everyone's dropping dead like flies what the fork's going on so she had to travel back from her current castle (laughs) to her family's castle you know so she gets into the carriage she's got like this little driver like an uber and she's got all these servant girls in the carriage with her to like take care of her during this trip you know to emotionally support her do anything that they need to do for her and during this she was so anxious about seeing her family again that she tortured all of the servant girls that were with her during this trip till they died And so she would stop like miles along the way on the way to the next castle. And she would say, driver, stop the carriage. And they would bury the servant girl. They would keep driving. Driver, stop the carriage. And they would bury another servant girl. And keep going. Just this. Yeah. The psychological trauma. I mean, not even trauma. Like knowing that you're you're just going to die just by being around this woman. But you you, you see it coming. You know it's going to happen. But, like, what can you do? She would literally kill you for just, like, breathing. Okay, so she would kill girls just because she wanted to kill girls. But sometimes she would even kill you just by accidentally being a tiny bit clumsy near her. Oh, it's like the the TikTok, you say. Yeah, like, if you... you Yeah. Is that not crazy? 
So she would do this multiple times because she would have multiple trips outside of her castle after this. So she went to the coronation of King Matthias, who was the new king of um, Transylvania and Hungary or the new king of Hungary. Right. So she went to go see him being crowned. And I guess like this gave her a lot of stress because she would torture people like her servants along the way. So a lot of psychologists believe that she had um, anxiety and stress of social events so she would heavily torture people because she was a sadistic killer so it would like ease the stress so like in modern day comparison it's like when you see serial killers have tumultuous lives and like something big happens in their personal life and they go on a killing rampage so it's kind of like that connection but like seems normal back in the day they like made it sound so normal they're just like she's just like a socially anxious person what (laughs) so this is when the blood as a youth serum evolves okay so one day she's sitting on her little chair and her servants are brushing her hair because she doesn't brush her own hair and one of the servant girls brushes her hair too hard she's not even thinking about torture at this point she just gets pissed she's like how dare you brush my hair a little too hard so she grabs her hand slaps her across the face so hard that this servant girl i think she had like a tooth fall out or something but she's bleeding out of the mouth and it's blurts onto elizabeth's face so all of the servant girls are like oh fork we're all dead now right and elizabeth Mm -hmm. calmly looks into the mirror and she's angrily about to wipe the blood off of her face while she's thinking about the next move like do i bring her into the chamber do i fill her up in a bathtub like what am i gonna do now right Mm -hmm. and she sees wait a minute i just wiped the blood off of my face but my skin appears to be smoother there So she looks back up at that young servant girl and she decides young blood is what she needs to stop the aging process. So she just started smearing blood all over the place, like all over her. I can't even imagine what that castle smelled like because like, you know how we talk about modern day crime and we're like the smell of decomposition. You could smell it a mile away. They knew exactly what that smell was. I'm like, what did this castle smell like? Like she just has blood everywhere and they didn't even have like crazy cool vacuums back in the day. So like, how could you even get that out of the wood? Yeah, it'd be insane. And so, I mean, the torture would be prolonged. So one day Elizabeth is so sick she doesn't die unfortunately but she's so sick that she couldn't even get out of bed so she gets one of her little servants to grab another servant forces her to hold her down next to the bed and she just started munching on her like literally taking bites out of her shoulder her face her neck her arm and just chewed on her breast and she was bleeding everywhere and she would just like smear her face onto that blood like she would motorboat the blood like it was insane so she would bring girls in by like 10 girls at a time and make them lay down in her bedroom and they would just torture, cut them, bite them until their blood was covering all of the floor and then she would just like roll around in it because it's like a youth serum. Oh my God. Now, where does it all fall apart? Well, one day, a young servant girl dies in the middle of the night and her body was placed into a casket, right? So the local pastor was called to come and get the casket. Now, you're probably wondering, what about the other, like, allegedly 650 victims that she has killed? So Uh this castle was filled with dead bodies. Like, they had dead bodies shoved into the chimneys of the castle. They had dead bodies buried in the backyard. They had dead bodies buried around the land of the castle. They had literally a room in the basement where there was just, like, dead bodies in there. 
because Elizabeth was like, I'm killing them faster than I can get rid of them. And I can't even get people to get rid of them because I'm killing all my servants. So it was just like kind of a shit show. She was like, I mean, I'm killing my servants, but then I need servants to get rid of the servants that I just killed. But then I'm like so busy trying to kill them that it's like getting so complex, you know? And yeah. so she's like, I need to think of a better way to dispose of these bodies. So she calls the local pastor and is like, hey, you need to come get this servant girl. Like, girl, she's dead now, right? So uh-huh. the pastor comes. This is very normal to be called into the castle to get dead bodies. So he's expecting the normal setup, which is the servant girl would still be in her servant bed. And he would pray for her. He would bless her. Then he would place her into the casket because what kind of royal is like, oh, yeah, let me do it myself, you know? Uh-huh. Nobody. They're just like, take her away. And so he comes, but she's already in the casket. And the casket's been nailed shut. So he's like, okay, that, that's a little weird. And uh-huh. so he asks her, hey, is there any reason that she's already sealed in the casket? Because I can't really like pray for her right now. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, yeah, she has the disease. It was it's cholera. Cholera. It's, it was a disease back in the day that was highly contagious. The vid in the 1650s, okay? And so she's like, yeah, well, she had that. So I didn't want it to spread. So I had some servants put her in the coffin he's like um okay so a few days later he gets called back again and it was said that it was another servant girl with the disease and so but this time the casket was huge i mean it was huge enough to fit like three full-grown men so he's like i mean is there any reason that you do you guys just have like only huge caskets in this castle like what's going on and he starts walking around the castle and he could hear these little whispers everyone's like did you know that there's like three girls inside that casket over there there's like three girls in there and he's uh-huh. like, huh. So he goes up to Elizabeth and he's like, hey, Countess, I don't mean to bother you, but how many girls are in that casket? Uh-huh. I ju- it's just for prayer purposes. And she says, two. T- two? Why are they in the same casket? <laughs> well, one of the girls died and another one was close to death. So we waited it out and put them in the single casket because we're all about sustainability. Shut up. Yeah. So he was like, oh, so it's for financial reasons. You didn't want to use another casket. Okay, okay. Well, that I guess that makes sense. I mean, you know, obviously beggars can't be choosers. I'll, I'll, I'll just take the casket. And so he takes the casket, but he was suspicious. Now, at this point, when he gets back into the local village, he's telling everyone, like, guys, I think something weird's happening in there. Something very, very strange is happening in there. And that's when all of the peasant families were like, I've been fucking telling you guys. I've been telling you my daughter has not come back, and I'm pretty sure she's dead. And no one wants to listen to me because I'm a, pa- I'm a peasant. But this pastor suddenly is like some shit's going down and now everyone's like, oh, my God. So Mm -hmm. even the nobles, like the low ranking nobles who were living in the nearby towns, they were hearing these whispers. about. So everybody thought nobody has died. Yeah, because they were like, who really trusts these peasants? You know, we're not going to go and bring these allegations forth against a countess because of peasant family. Oh. You know, back in the day was really weird. And so um, eventually she ran out of peasant virgins to go through. So these peasant families were no longer giving their virgins up to Elizabeth because they're like, no, like we'd rather just make money on our own because you're going to kill our kid. So she starts seeking noble blood. She's like, well, if I can't get peasants, what's the next level up, which is noble blood. So think like middle class people, Uh I guess. And so she's like, let me go get them middle class. And so she would send out her little assistants to all these 
against noble families, the lowest ranking noble families, and say, hey, so you know Countess Elizabeth? Well, she just opened up an exclusive finishing school, and it's absolutely prestigious. It's going to be the best one in Hungary, and you are going to learn how to be, you are going to learn how to be a woman. You're going to learn how to make connections with powerful men, and hopefully you too will marry a count one day. And so all of these noble girls were like, oh my god, I need to go. I need to go to this finishing school. Mom, did you hear? They're going to have counts come. I'm going to meet a lord one day. I'm going to marry. I'm going to get married to a king. Oh my god. And so all these noble families were like, wait a minute, but we've been hearing some weird ass rumors. So before we send our daughter, we're going to go ask the king of Hungary, King Mateus. Mm-hmm. And so they approach King Mateus and they say, hey, is everything OK in that castle? Because we've been hearing some really crazy shit. OK. And so King Mateus immediately decides to send people to investigate. Now, does he do this because he's an amazing king? Because he just loves noble families. He loves people. He loves peasants. No, it's because King Mateus was looking to take down Elizabeth. Elizabeth had lended his court, the crown, a lot of money. A lot of money. So King Mateus was power rich, but like cash poor. And, you know, Elizabeth Bathory, she comes from a line of just fucking cash loaded bitches. Okay. Uh Yeah, that's exactly what they were called. Historically speaking, cash loaded bitches. And so she was like, yeah, I'll loan you some money. So she would loan them money. He owed her a ton. He was indebted to her. Not only that, remember when I said a lot of men, especially back in the day, are highly offended and scared of powerful women. It just wasn't common in the 1500s and she was she had more power than most men in power mm-hmm. so he was like i'm gonna take down that hoe because i just don't know i just don't know what a woman in power is like i can't have it not in my land that mm-hmm. i rule and so he was like yeah yeah go investigate so they send elizabeth's cousin the one that was actually like you know supposed to take care of her and the kids And so he goes to the castle and he like Elizabeth is smart. Like I said, she knew some shit was going on. The minute that he came, she was like, oh, my God, King Mateus is probably investigating me. Right. Mm. So immediately she starts talking to him of some weird stuff. Like they will sit down for some little high tea. And she's like, let me tell you something crazy, cousin. And he's like, yeah, what? And she's like, well, you know how I I started a finishing school for noble girls? Well, one of the noble girls was just so jealous of the other noble girl that she went into a jealous rage and murdered all of the girls. It's just such an inconvenience. Like, what is that story, you know? And, like, he didn't believe her. So he's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So she she knew. She's pretty good at this. She's like, okay, like, obviously he doesn't believe my dumbass lie. So uh-huh. she starts making arrangements. She writes a will. She bequeaths everything to her three children. The only thing she wanted to keep was her wedding dress, which she would be buried in. So she does all of this. And suddenly, as the cousin is investigating, all of these witnesses start coming forward to testify. And they're like, oh, my God, I've seen some of the torture inside these walls. Some of them are like, oh, yeah, she even made me torture some people. Like some people are like, I full on partook in this. I was, you know, an accomplice in this. It just was intense. And they always said the cause of death for most servant girls that died in here was torture. It wasn't a disease. It wasn't anything. It was always torture. She loves torturing people. And that's when he starts seeing bodies just coming up left and right. Fucking in the chimneys, buried outside in the local graveyards, around the castle, inside the castle. He opened up a door. He literally wrote a letter to his wife and was like i it felt like i walked into the castle and tripped over dead bodies like i just just everywhere like i what 
And what made it even worse is that some of the nobles, like some of the noble girls, they weren't even they weren't even trying to go to the finishing school. Some of them were straight up abducted, abducted. He learned that these women would go to these nobles houses and be like, we'd love to talk to your daughter outside. And then would just fucking kidnap her and then bring her to the castle and they would just kill her. They would just torture her. So it was really bad. So obviously he turns her into King Matthias. Now at this point, Anna, the rumored Elizabeth's secret lover slash witch slash right hand advisor, you know, she died right before the trial of natural causes. So she couldn't testify in trial, couldn't do anything. So all of the other accomplices, the ones that had told the cousin like, hey, I saw it. I took part in it because she forced me to. They were all tried and they were convicted for the murder of at least 80 girls speculated to be 650 girls and all of them were executed now is that the end of the story no it's not because elizabeth was never tried elizabeth's alive what? so during all of this they also found elizabeth's diary and it was turned in by a servant girl who was cleaning and found her diary turned it into the cousin and it was a diary of a list of all of the names belonging to all of the victims there were upwards of 655 names in that diary what made it even worse is that she would write shit next to the diary about how they died and one of the di- like girls she wrote written next to her she was too small couldn't handle the torture really annoyed that she couldn't live longer like something along the lines of like i'm so frustrated that she died so quickly because Mm -hmm. she couldn't handle the pain now the reason that elizabeth was never tried was because she is a noble family member now it was against the law to try anyone that was a noble so like imagine if we're like it's against the law to try rich people like Mm -hmm. what yeah, because rich people set the law. Yeah, and they said we can't make an exception. So all of the nobles, you know, they could obviously come together and say, oh, no, we will make an exception. But all of them said, fuck, no, don't you dare try her. Because then obviously if we make one exception, it's going to be another exception. And do you know how many people I've got in my castle that are dead? No, no, not today. Not today. I'm not going to court for nothing. So all of them were like, nope, we can't have that. We can't have any of these peasants thinking that nobles are bad or beneath the law that we have to follow the law just like them no we're different we're not like you and me right so they were just really really mad now on top of that elizabeth had lent king Matthias a lot of money like i said and uh-huh. so he decides to come up with this genius plan that really benefits him which is that she wouldn't stand trial and he would cancel her debts so he doesn't owe her any money what in you know in return she doesn't have to stand trial for this she won't be tried as a noble but she would have a very specific punishment that is literally house arrest so there are a couple different sources so some people say that she was literally just locked into her bedroom they boarded up the windows they boarded up the door there was only like this small little slot that food would be administered to her every day Uh and then other sources say that she was literally allowed throughout the entire castle so she was just on like house arrest like she couldn't go visit other castles but like that was it so she's back in her torture chamber yeah like (laughs) just she never really left her castle to begin with because she has social anxiety Uh uh-huh yeah yeah but like he was like house arrest yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah made no sense and she died quietly yep she just died she like she was like 50 something now a lot of people afterwards even were concerned because you know how she kept using blood for youth she lived a lot longer than a lot of people during that time she's like 50 something or something like that oh so people were saying people were like a lot of nobles were raising their eyebrows like hmm. fascinating very weird 
Now, to be fair, if you guys have watched the fifth season of American Horror Story, um, it's loosely based off of Elizabeth. So they have a character by the name of Countess Elizabeth Johnson, who is played by Lady Gaga, and she would slit the throats of victims in order to drink their blood and remain eternally youthful. So, I mean, I feel like Elizabeth Bathory is the sole purpose and the reason that all to this day, there is like such a weird connection between blood mm-hmm. and youth. Isn't that very dangerous to consume Drink blood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Disease and There's illness. There's so much and disease and illness and blood. Yeah. Holy moly. It's a miracle that she lived till yeah. 50 something. Yeah. I think that she was like bathing in it more, maybe. Uh, like she was like really just like smothering it on her face like a toner she's like ooh serum yeah Jesus, i wonder how many more you know these people who are just killing torturing people because it was elizabeth and yeah. his freaking husband Nadesti. her her husband Nadesti. are doing this yeah i'm pretty sure i mean every castle is filled of dead people people. i think so too that's why i think a lot of castles are probably haunted also a lot of people speculate like you know they were convicted for 80 how do we know it's 650 but back in the day especially there was no incentive to try to get notoriety for murder like that's not what elizabeth was trying to be known for she wasn't doing this for attention so i highly doubt that this number was just created out of her ass because she wanted people to like be like oh my gosh and remember her forever because likely because of her social Social standing and being a bathory, she would be in history books. She would be remembered forever, regardless of whatever she did. Yeah. So I just can't imagine because some people are skeptical about that number because it seems insane in today's standards. Yeah. But I think back in the day, really, yeah. it's not too crazy, which is so sad. Yeah. So casual and nonchalant. Yeah. yeah. But also, people really had no voice. There was no TikTok that you could go on and be like, "Oh my God." Yeah. My kid's been kidnapped. I mean, let me know. What are your thoughts on this case? And do you guys like these older cases? Because I find them so fascinating. I I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as relatable as crimes that happened, you know, yesterday or this year. But it's just insane. I feel like it's more insane back in the day because they can get away with it for so longer. Like no CCTV, no fucking social media, no, no DNA. So let me know in the com, no comments. Let me know. And I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.